Hey, you're listening to the GGC Life Podcast. Weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. Stay standing for a moment. Um, I wasn't sure if I was going to do this or not because of time, but I just feel I've never done this ever. Um, but receive this to your level of faith. I really believe this is a corporate prophetic word. I don't know how that works because I know that everyone's in a different scenario and a different standing, but I guess God has corporate prophetic, um, a, a, like a prophetic heart over each season, over each year for the, for the church. And I know as an eldership team, we've been praying into this idea of harvest as well. Um, but I, I'm feeling it so strongly this morning, even as I woke up, for everyone in this room, why don't you close your eyes right now and receive this by faith. Thank you, Lord. I feel that this year would be a standout year for each and every person in this room. That this year will be that year of harvest. That year of harvest. It's going to also be a year we look back on in such fondness. You know how you look back on times in your life, and you're like, wow, I love that. That was a beautiful time. This year that we've just entered into, I feel prophetically there's an ease that's being released onto His church. There's a life that's being released into His church. And I feel like this this year is going to be a year of increased favor. You may have spent um, years gone by looking around at the favor of others and feeling like, man, God is so on their life. This is the year that God pours His favor out on you more than you've ever seen it before. And it's not going to be hard to notice it. You're going to start to notice it and and you're going to flip out at His goodness. You're going to find that this year, it's so easy to have His praise on your lips. That you're going to find that it's a natural thing because He's just so good. You're going to be telling people around you, man, God, God did this for me this year. God shifted this in my family this year. God healed this thing I've been believing for this year. My finances turned around. I'm debt free this year. And I feel this year is going to be a year of favor, breakthrough, and harvest. This year will be that year of harvest. I feel like the, the Lord is saying that year. Like it's a historic moment. So Lord, we, we don't want to rush this. Before we move on, we just recognize Your Word, Lord. There is nothing that can substitute the power of an encounter with Your presence. So we don't move on. When You're speaking, Lord, we receive it. So right now, we receive that prophetic Word by faith and we step into a new era. We step into a new season and we rebuke every attack of the enemy that was laid up for this year. And we know that Your will trumps the plan of the enemy. It absolutely trumps the plan of the enemy. So right now, just as your son did, we trample on the head of the serpent in victory. And together as the body of Christ, we shout with a voice of victory. So why don't you shout amen to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We praise you, King Jesus, because you are worthy. How about before we start, can we just sing our praise the name one more time? We'll fix our eyes on Jesus. Oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. Oh, praise His name forevermore, For Again, oh, praise the name. Our victory is found in His name. Oh, praise the name 
you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We bless your name. We bless your name. And everybody said, Amen. All right, you can take your seats. Beautiful. Thanks, Herman. Amazing. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, Katie. Good fun. Why don't you thank the person next to you because they're also a part of the worship team. Whenever people come to like open heavens or they come to church and they're like, wow, thanks for providing an amazing place of worship, I always turn it around and back on them and I say, you provided that place of worship. You came with expectancy, like Sal was saying. Like when we come with expectancy, we set the tone. So thank you for worshiping this morning. It's a beautiful thing. I was talking to Vess this morning about how different it is to worship corporately. Like it's completely different. Like there's beautiful moments that I had in the private place, in the secret place with God that are like no other. But then there are beautiful, amazing, um, undeniably powerful times that happen in the corporate place that can't happen on our own. So um, it's, it's fun. It's really good. All right. Well, over the 30-year lifespan of this church, there is one struggle that I believe people have never truly overcome. Can we put that photo up? First photo in my folder. I just realized I haven't briefed the media team. First photo in my folder that says Leon's Preach. <laughs> it's coming around the mountain when she comes. She'll be. Which is which? We're going to start this morning with a quick game. If you believe that the man on the left, so these, I'm gonna, I'll make it a little bit easier for you. One of the men on this screen is Leo, senior pastor of this church, my dad. The other man on the screen is Tony, also a pastor in this church, is my uncle. They're brothers. A lot of people think they're twins. Why don't we play a little game called Which is Which? Uh, give us a yell if you think the one on the left is Leo. I got a couple. Okay. And the one on the right, if the one on the right is Leo, give us a yell. All right. Not too bad. Not too bad. Let's go to the next picture. All right. <laughs> give us a yell for the one on the left if you think that's Leo. <laughs> what about the one on the right? Which is which? All right, very good. You know your pastors. Good stuff. Next one. Which is which? One on the left? Oh, no. Nah. <laughs> what about the one in the middle? <laughs> one on the right? Okay, good. It was one on the left. Next photo. One on the left or one on the right? Just yell it out. One on the left or right? Right, very good. You know your pastor. Last photo, I believe. One on the left or the one on the right? <laughs> Yell it out. <laughs> Which one? Left? Right? <laughs> uh, that photo has been photoshopped. It, you, I used face swap. They're both one in that photo. <laughs> People have confused my dad and Tony for 30 years in the life of this church. And um, Paul, even dad, I mean, when, when uh, Tony was running the coffee company, people would go up to my dad in the street and ask him questions about coffee and things like that. And uh, they'd always just have to be that person for each other. Um, but Leo, my dad being my dad, you'd think I wouldn't have that problem mixing them up. But here's the truth. When I was a young boy, a wee lad, uh, dad would go away on mission trips from time to time. And I was around seven years old, and I remember driving into church with mom, with dad on my mind. I was missing him. It was only three, I think it was like three nights left, three more sleeps left till dad came home. And I remember arriving at church, and we walked into the auditorium doors, 
And my jaw dropped. I'm like, no way. Are you serious? And then, like, so I'm coming in through the auditorium. The auditorium, it was kind of like more similar to like a traditional church with an aisle down the middle. And I was down the back and, and I saw my dad. I saw him from the back and he was facing, he was facing the stage and he was talking to some people. And I couldn't believe it. I'm like, wow, dad came home. He flew home, he flew home early to surprise his family. I was so excited. And I remember running, bolting down all the way to find dad. And I ran to him and I, and I, uh, I wrapped my arms around his legs. And I yelled out, Dad! And then, and then he turned around and looked at me. And he just looked at me. And it was Tony. <laughs> and so it, 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 I was so embarrassed, I just ran away. You probably don't even remember that. But, um, but I mean, this happened a couple times, to be honest. I think it happened with each of us, all the different cousins and brothers growing up. It was a case of mistaken identity. Everybody say mistaken identity. Uh, we've been talking about uh, prayer and spiritual warfare over the last couple of weeks. We're going to continue this series over the next couple of weeks. But I believe it's key that we understand who, everybody say who, who we are dealing with when we are dealing with them. It's key to understand the pieces in the game. It's important to categorize the players correctly. So I believe there are, there are three characters, three players that I want to talk about today. Um, there's the one above, God the Father, who is our source. There's the one beside, which we'll talk about in a moment, who is our team. And then there's the one below, who is our opponents. The one above is not our opponent. Amen? The one above is not our opponent. The one beside is not our source, nor our opponent. And the one below is certainly not on our team, and he's a terrible source. When we confuse the players, we can end up with disappointment, heartbreak, frustration, confusion. And I believe it's a major key um, to spiritual warfare to receive from above, build with those beside, and reject the one below. And I believe we, we, we tend to mix these, these people up all the time, get our expectations lined up wrong, and we tend to expect so much from those beside us. Yet as imperfect creatures, we're bound to let each other down, Right? Uh, but the one above will never let us down. He remains a constant source. Yet sometimes when things go wrong, we blame the one above or the, even the one beside. We blame what's going wrong on God or, or on the people around us. But there is only one person to blame. It's the one below. And I believe understanding this dynamic will really help us when it comes to spiritual warfare. The way that we pray, the way that we decree, the way that we live and we worship with our lives in spirit and in truth. So this morning, we're going to explore what it looks like to recognize the roles played by these different characters in our lives, starting in Genesis chapter 1. So why don't you open up your Bibles to Genesis chapter 1. We're going to do some Bible reading today. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. If you don't know where Genesis 1 is. <laughs> All right. Shouldn't be too embarrassing for anyone. Who here hates to use their paper Bible in front of others because you're flicking through for a long time and you can't find where the scriptures are? All right, we're going to start from verse 26, and it starts like this. Verse 26, chapter 1, verse 26, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our own image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. This is God speaking. And over the birds of the, of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. Everybody say, in his own image. In his own image. Our original design 
was Him. He, he designed us. That's our source. In the image of God, He created Him. Male and female, He created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food, and to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. Now we see the one above. We see the Father casting out His vision like an artist on a canvas. He's, just, he's casting out His will for the earth. He's sharing His design. He's breathing purpose, destiny over all creation, the, the source of meaning and identity. That's the Father. He is the source of all meaning and identity. It is in God's nature to bring direction, to give identity, to outline purpose, to release authority, to even establish value. He is the one that brings value in our lives. He establishes value. And when things go horribly wrong, things will go horribly wrong when we go to the ones beside and even below for our identity, for our value for our direction. Sometimes we find comfort in people around us. They're, I mean, we're called to encourage one another. But if you go to the person next to you expecting to receive identity from them, you're going to struggle. Things get warped real quickly. Same thing if you, if, you, if you go to the person beside you to receive value, they're going to run dry eventually. And we'll, we'll look into that in a moment. With God, the one above, there is faith, there is strength, there can be miracles. Um, the end of last year, so for those of you that don't know, me and Vanessa purchased a property off the plan, uh, which means it was getting built about four years ago. It was supposed to be done within two years. Four years ago. And we've been waiting for this thing to get done. And toward the end of last year, we found out that they weren't going to finish in time. It, the time had already been extended twice. They weren't going to finish in time. And they ended up managing to keep our money even though they didn't finish the house on time. And so we were pretty discouraged. It was, it was bad news. Uh, both Vanessa and I were pretty upset. And, I, and there was certainly a lack um, of faith in that element. I struggled. I was shaky. Rather than getting peace from God, I was super shaken. And um, we tend to seek guidance and assurance from people around us. So me and Vanessa were kind of looking to each other and people. But you know what? We, didn't, we weren't setting the right tone. And what happens when, we, when the people that we're going to run dry? When they run dry we start getting the wrong information. We start getting discouragement, all things like that. And, uh, but then we came to God. We went to God. And we surrendered it to Him. And I mean, this is an out of ordinary miracle. And I believe this is the sort of miracles we're going to see in 2020. But we went to God and we decided to walk it forward in peace. It was, it was already a done thing that we weren't getting our money back. And then we went to God. We rested. Three days later, not by, we didn't chase this up. Someone, Vanessa's brother-in-law, found something in the contract for us that would allow us, we didn't have to pay a solicitor, that would allow us to get our money back. But the crazy thing was that from the day that they said they weren't going to finish in time, so that was three days prior to that, to the day we could claim that, there was only a seven-day period. Seven days. This is absolute, like this is a full-on miracle. Um, and so Pete, we went to God. Peace came. We didn't know what was going to happen next. But seven days later, the miracle arrived, and we received all the money back, including interest. And the Bible talks about how 
when things are robbed from God's people, he pays back and he pays back with interest. That's the sort of God that we have. So you can claim, but you know what? That assurance doesn't come from anything else other than his word. How, can, how do we find peace? We only find peace in his word because his, his word remains faithful through all ages. Correct? Here's what it, someone can encourage you, but when their word doesn't, doesn't, isn't fulfilled or when, when they run dry or they leave your life, what remains? It's the word of God. And faith can only come from God. I was, I was thinking about the story of Lazarus and how um, I think all the people that were in that crowd where Lazarus died, they were believing that Jesus could heal Lazarus. But once he died and Jesus wasn't around, their faith was gone. And they were like, okay, it's too late. And even Jesus came, they're like, Jesus, you came too late. With God, there's never too late. In this scenario, it actually was too late. We were, we were learning to look at what it would look like to either move into this place however many years down the track or lose our money after saving for, I think it's been like 10 years of saving essentially when we first started saving. The one above is our source, received from above. Yeah, from a moment, Vanessa and I both let the housing market become our source. You know, you, you find your security in the housing market, which hasn't been a good thing over the last couple of years. And, um, and we let each other become our source. And um, the one beside us had traded places with the one above. And, and the Bible says in Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him, and He will make your path straight. So who in our lives can we truly rely on? The King Himself. Amen. Lean on God. When things get tough, we remind ourselves of His Word. So Genesis 1, what did it say? God said, let us make man in our own image. So we find identity and value through His Word. What else does He do? He says, let them have dominion over this and that. We have authority and purpose because of His Word. It's His Word that brings security and healing and faith. So when it comes to understanding the plays and the spiritual warfare, start with receiving from above. Just set that in place and be like, you know what? I receive from above. I receive from above. And then there's the one beside. So in the Bible, we see this, this Eve, um, which can represent maybe your husband, your wife, your friend, your family, your brother, your sister, your son, your daughter, your father, your mother. Because really, there is no one on earth that is our source, because God is our source. There are people that bless us, that are here for us, but they're not our source. In Genesis 2, verse 18, it says this, Then the Lord God says, uh, said, it is not good that a man should be alone. I will make him a helper. Everybody say helper. I'll make him a helper fit for him. And then uh, down in verse 21, it says, so the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. And then the man said, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. God has given us the one beside as a gift that is fit to help, designed for team, worthwhile your investment. And when we partner with and invest in these people, we produce and we find that Eve. Eve meaning life. We find life when we team with the people around us. God has called us to invest in, bless, 
prophesy over those around us. He's called us to build with, team up with, band with the ones around us. That what, that's what the church is. That's what family is. I remember asking Vanessa recently, was there ever a time uh, before we got married that she doubted that she definitely wanted me? And she, she shared a story about on one of our first dates where we were hanging out and she noticed I had B.O., like body odor, bad body odor. Now for me, I'm like, I'm ridiculously over hygienic. Like I, I hate any, like I, I have to shower lots of times. And, um, and apparently I stunk, I hear from her. And I, I remember this time what happened. I'm crazy with hygiene, but when she thought I had B.O., she started rethinking the whole thing. It's like, do I actually go forward with this? It's been great. He loves Jesus, but do I really want this to go forward? She had this perfect image of me, but when it didn't line up, when I didn't line up to those expectations, things got dicey. I think I would be the same too. If Vanessa had bad B.O., there's no judgment on her. I'd probably cut things off as well. No judgment to anyone with beer. Uh-huh. It was the second date. Okay, it was the second date. Um, but luckily, I could prove it wasn't me. I had evidence. It was the jumper. So I took off my jumper. I waved it in her face. She realized it stunk. She smelt me. I smelt great, as I always do. I don't smell. <laughs> but... There's always a lesson to learn. We tend to put people beside us on this pedestal, right? But when we do that, we're setting ourselves up for disappointment. What does Genesis say? Genesis says that, um, that Eve was taken out of the rib of the man. And he says, this is uh, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. You know what that means? That means the person that you're teaming up with is just as flawed as you. <laughs> they're just, they've, they've, they're going through their own story. They probably got their own messed up situations in that moment. And if we start to make the one beside us our source, we're setting ourselves up for a failure. When we confuse the one beside us as our source, or even as our opponent, we miss out on seeing them as our team, to build with with them as our team. Ecclesiastes 4 verse 12 says this, a threefold cord is not quickly broken. So here's this, the ultimate team, is the one beside you and the one above you. I feel like the, the God has called that. He, we know that the body of Christ, is, it's, it's a multitude thing. It's not a one thing. It's a gathering. It's a togetherness. And we're the body of a head. Jesus is the head. So there's, there's, this thing, there's this thing of family, of team, of unity, but understanding where everyone belongs. When we're doing this thing of spiritual warfare, understanding where people belong in that team. And um, it allows us to be less frustrated with people around us, less offended, and, and quick, uh, slower to anger because we, we don't expect as much of them as we'd hope uh, uh, we wouldn't have expected of us. And um, I mean, I, I know for Vanessa, I also need to recognize her as team to, rece- to, to build well with her. So she's not my source, but she's my team. And, and this week when we had the Rise Up conference, she was able to prophesy into the young girls like I never would feel able to. I, one day I will, hopefully. But she, she gets up on stage. She starts speaking identity. She, she knows the context of where the girls are at. Uh, and I, she, she, it wasn't in our plan. She shifted the whole thing. She's like, I think we really need to do this. And she's got a really good gift of discernment. And if I just ignored what's on her, and I'm just like, nah, this is me. 
you know, I've, I've got me, then I'm going to miss out on building with the one beside. But she brought something in, and I was stronger because of it. It's like that threefold cord. Um, so therefore, here's the challenge. Honor your boss, your colleague, your employee, the roles that they play in your life. Receive help and wisdom from the in-law that frustrates you. <laughs> Honor and work and build with and alongside the one beside you, your brother, your sister, your mother, your father, your son, your daughter. The people beside you that frustrate you the most, elbow the person next to you. Elbow the person next to you. If they don't frustrate, wow. All right. This is family. We must believe that there is value to be found in building with those beside us. Take time to bless others, prophesy over them. Freely we receive, right? The source. Freely we receive, therefore freely we give. We don't, we don't, we don't wait to receive from the one beside. We know this. We don't wait to receive from the one beside to, to give. The only way this thing works, the only way church works, the only way family works, the only way kingdom of heaven on earth works is source from him and family. Family. Beautiful. Um, Sal, can I quickly invite you up? Don't ruin my illustration, please. Every time I, every time I invite Sal up, he manages to ruin my illustration because I don't brief him. So I never brief anyone on this stuff. I don't know why. All right. So Sal, we're going to do a scrum. I've, got a, I've actually got a little bit of a sore neck, so just be careful with me. So I have to rig this a little bit because he's a bit stronger than me. So me and Sal are about to do a scrum. So we do a scrum, right? Have you, have you ever heard of the Spartans? Have you heard of the story of the Spartans? Um, so, so the Spartans were known. There was, I mean, if you've ever seen the movie 300, I hope you haven't. Deliverance on all of you in Jesus' name. But apparently, the movie 300, is, it depicts this army of 300 Spartans that because of their unity, because of their formation, because they had each other's back, they were undefeatable. They would go up against um, armies of thousands, and they'd take them out. So goes the legend. And so, me and Sal, 1v1, let's see what happens. We're going to scrum, and um, we're going to try and go up against each other. And Sal's going to try to ruin my... Oh, oh, oh. Oh, we're up. we got a lawsuit on our hands. All right, up, up you get, up you get. All right, Sal, no, no, you can Sal. Why don't you choose someone? Choose someone to help you out with the scrum. Choose someone to help you out with the scrum. Oh, no, we got a real, we got a real NFL player all the way from America. All right, so, uh, oh, gosh, I'm scared. All right, now we got 2v1. We got 2v1. All right, give Ethan and Sal a round of applause. The reason, the reason we use that illustration is a silly, uh, just one, to, actually, to be honest, it's a youth pastor tactic to ensure you remember what just happened. I make a fool of myself on stage, and then you remember the point. But the point is, uh, things are best done in team. Everybody say, things are best done in team. Things are best done in team. Uh, Ecclesiastes 4, verse 9 to 11 says, Two are better than one, because they have a good, reward, a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow brother. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, everybody say, They keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Mm. Now this isn't just about marriage. This is about quality friendship. 
This is about this is about the value of friends in our life. I mean, I mean, I, I love the idea of what penguins do. Penguins in the winter in, in, in the Antarctic areas or whatever, they huddle together. There's like this this solid family thing that they do. They huddle together and they take shifts. They have they, they hold their eggs on their feet like this, all the penguins, and they take shifts with the eggs holding the eggs in the middle. And they take like an hour together just keeping, just keeping warm. But there's an outer team of penguins that are taking on all the cold. And they're on the outside kind of waddling around in circles. But slowly throughout the hour, they start to move into the center of the circle. And the ones that are in the middle start to move out. And it's this beautiful picture. I mean, God designed this. A beautiful picture for us to see what family looks like. It's this team thing where we've got each other's back. And it can be fun, and it can be warm, and it can be fuzzy, and it can be cute like a penguin. And so it's not just marriage, it's, it's quality friendship. Awesome. So our, the, the one above is our source. The one we, we're called to build with the one beside. Um, just making sure I'm not overdoing some of this stuff. Have a little grace. Have a little grace on the one beside you lets you down. Amen? All right. There is only one name above, and in Him we put our faith. In Him we count on. And with those beside us, we choose to build. And in, in the strength of unity, we find the fruit of life, that Eve relationship. We find life in relationship. And, and finally, there's one final party in this triage we see in Genesis. There's the one below, the snake or Satan, the enemy, the opposer. Uh, so we read about him in Genesis 3, verse 1. Um, if you've got your Bibles, you can turn to Genesis 3. That should be a, a page or two over. Um, now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of any fruit in the garden, any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it. Uh, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will surely not die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took its fruit and, and she ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths, and they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And Adam replied, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of that tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me the fruit of the tree and I ate. And, and Adam's already made the mistake of blaming the one that he's called, he's called to build with and team with. And then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. So that was a part of the curse. That was the, that was the, that was the officiating of seeing 
the, the, the battle between man and the enemy. So before we move on, we need to establish this. The one below is not our boss, not our in-laws, not our siblings or our colleagues, maybe our partner at times. That person who betrayed your trust, stop making the one beside into the enemy. There is only one enemy. We know this. The enemy is the one below. It's like yelling at the server at Maccas when your Big Mac comes out cold. It's, it's, they're the middleman. So my, my, what I like to do is uh, I like to order a soft serve and an apple pie, but they need to come out at the same time because if the soft serve comes out first, I'm going to eat it. I'm going to have to order another soft serve, and I won't be able to eat them together. I need to eat them together. It's timing. And my battle and my thorn in my flesh is making sure I don't yell at the server when they don't bring it out at the right time. Um, but it's the same thing. Maybe calling up your internet provider and yelling at them because your internet's not working. The, internet, the, 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 the person at the call center didn't do anything. What, and, and you yell, what are they paying you for? What's going, up, what's going on over there? And, um, and I know we've all kind of done this stuff. We've taken it out on people around us because we're frustrated. We're emotional beings. Uh, but these middlemen we know aren't truly to blame in those scenarios. Right? In the same way, don't allow the enemy to put someone else in the line of fire that was meant for him. That's what, we, that's what we allow to happen. We allow him to put someone else in the line of fire that was meant for him. And in that moment, he, ha- he, has, he has managed to create disunity in the body of Christ. The Bible clearly says that the world would know us by our love for one another. So one of the, the greatest things that we need to protect is our love for one another. And it, and it is tough. It's family. How many fights have you had with your family? <laughs> Family, family. Ephesians 6 uh, verse 12 says this, For we wrestle not, everybody say not. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So what does the one below aim to do? He distracts from truth with lies. He disrupts relationship with the one above and the one beside. And he drives us away from the Garden of Eden. He drives us away from the will of God, just like the snake did right at the beginning. He caused them to be distracted and therefore end up outside of that beautiful garden. I really believe it's key that if we're, if we're to move forward in this thing of spiritual warfare, that we, we establish from day one that we're called to receive from above, fill with those beside, and reject the one below. Our... our, our Prayer strategy, we, we know that there's, I mean, we know no weapon formed against us will prosper or succeed. And so we take that word, he's our source, and we trample, and we have fun trampling the head of the enemy. And we, and we start prophesying the word over the, the, the world that we're in. And maybe there's someone that comes up and they frustrate you while you're in the middle of fasting or something like that. And, and, you, and it's easy to lose your temper, but you're like, wait a second, that's my friend, that's my family. I'm building with them. They're not my source. They may, let me da- they may let me down, but I'm called to bless the person beside. Um, I want to finish with this story. I, re- I, remember, I remember sometime last year, I had this fear. I was being vu- a little bit vulnerable. I had this kind of fear. It was very internalized, but I realized that I had this fear that, like, my favor was running dry. And doctrinally, that's an interesting thought. But um, I-, I felt like I was-, I was sick a lot of the time. 
And we were having those housing issues that I was telling you about. There was a lot of financial struggles. There was a couple of fines that I had to deal with. Um, <laughs> there, was, there was some relationship tension. And um, someone prophesied um, with a word of knowledge at the end of, of last year that I was going through this season where I doubted my favor and shared that favor is something. <laughs> Hello. Glory. All right. Uh, this person shared that favor is something that is fought for in faith, that you live, you live in by faith. And I was letting the one below set the course of my life. So this, this idea that I was running out of favor or something, that's, that's not a word from the Lord. That was something that the enemy had somehow got into my heart and my spirit and my mind. And I was thinking that, even me thinking that was allowing permission for the enemy to, I was giving permission for the enemy to reign in my world. And I'd stop proclaiming. Vanessa challenged me as well. She said, you know what? I noticed you've, you've stopped proclaiming the same way that you used to favor over our lives. And, and so she challenged me. She, I'd stop proclaiming favor over our lives and she challenged me to, to do it again. And I allowed the, the one below to trade places with the one above. And I didn't even realize. Like sometimes we think it's so obvious that the enemy is like, you know, the enemy's under our foot. Like we, we won't listen to him. But so often we, we allow the, the one below to trade places with the one above and, and we allow discouragement to be our source. We, we allow the unfulfillment of a promise to be our source. We allow the struggle, and, and we start allowing that to be the thing that directs our path. And we're like, I guess that's just me. I guess this is just my life. This is what I have to deal with. And, um, but it's not so. And so I started confessing, um, thanks to this, this word, uh, I started confessing what I knew to be mine. I started confessing what um, my God and my Father, the source of truth, was speaking into my life, and I started confessing it. And, and since then, favor looks like the best season of marriage ever with a beautiful, hot babe and wife over there. New open doors for ministry in 2020 when I felt like there was times I was slowing down or feeling overwhelmed. And like I said, we received that four, after waiting four years for this house to be done, we received the deposit back with interest. We didn't lose any of our, mon our money. And so the challenge again is, I mean, I mean the reminder really is, don't forget to reject the one below. Don't just let, like, it, the Bible says that he prowls around like a roaring lion, but he can't do anything. He doesn't have any authority but the authority that we hand over to him. So take the time to reject the one below. When it comes to spiritual warfare, reject him and fix your eyes back on the source, who is our Father. The one below is not the source. He's, he's certainly not on your team. Recognize him as the opponent. When we are clear on this, when we are settled on this, we know the plays in the game, we know the pieces on the board, then we can fight, then we can pray His will, then we can live sustainable lives, then we see God's will on the earth. Why don't we stand to our feet? I felt strongly, so this is actually a word that I prepared a little bit ago, and then I didn't get to preach, and, um, and I felt it was interesting because it came, it was, the Spirit reminded me of this word. And I felt like it's a very timely word. And it's wrapped in with that, that prophetic word that God is speaking over us corporately, this word of harvest. And, and the harvest is there. The Bible says that the harvest is ripe. And, and it talks about how, you know, pray to the Lord of the, the harvest for laborers. But the harvest is ripe. The harvest is there. Sometimes we're, we're standing there right in front of the harvest, but our eyes are fixed on the one below. And we're, we're feeling like, no, nah, there's no way I'm allowed to touch that harvest, maybe because of shame. 
maybe you, your eyes are fixed on one below and you're like, no, that harvest doesn't even exist. That's a mirage. It can't be real. I know what my life usually looks like. And there's, I feel like there's times when we've allowed the enemy to blind us from the fact that there is a harvest. But this year, I feel like, truly, I feel like he wants to lift that veil from our eyes because he has. And he wants us to look at the harvest and go for it. He wants us to go for the harvest. Why don't we close our eyes? I just want to pray over us. I just want to pray over us. But in this moment, I feel like there's, there's room for a response, not to me, but to the Father. Kind of like a, if it's a repentance thing, it's a repentance thing or a realigning thing. That as I pray, before I pray, I want to invite you. If you've at any point, maybe through the course of last year, you've allowed some of these roles to be switched around. Maybe you've gotten frustrated with those around you, expecting much of them. Or maybe um, you lost sight of God as your source. I feel like He's inviting us to surrender this back to Him and fix our eyes on Him as our source in this moment. So if that's you, if you feel like this Word is stirring you to recommit or stirring you to refocus, as we begin this year, 2020, I want to invite you to raise both of your hands just in an act of surrender, not to me, but to God. This is a thing that you need to respond to. Allow this to be a just an expression of faith. Holy Spirit, you see, you see the ones surrendered. You see these hearts. Father, we repent for we've, we've taken our eyes off you, Lord. We repent for when we've, when even when we've uh, caused animosity between brothers and sisters, Lord. Father, we fix our eyes on you. We thank you for your faithfulness through the ages, Father. We thank you that you are a good God and that you prepare a table for us in the presence of our enemies. We praise you, Lord, for your goodness. And Father, we receive that word over this year that you've called us to walk in a year of harvest. We receive that, Lord. Every word that has been prophesied that is called to be fulfilled this year, we, we, we thank you, Lord, that, it's being, that it's, being, it's being brought up, Lord, and we receive it. Even old words, I feel like you're saying he's surfacing old words that you've forgotten about because they're going to be fulfilled this year. We receive that over your church in Jesus' name. Everybody said. GGC Life Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. For more, please visit our website, ggclife.com, or email us, ggclife at ggclife.com. From our house to yours, be blessed.